The Other Lodgers by Ambrose Bierce. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dale Grothman. The Other Lodgers by Ambrose Bierce. In order to take that train, said Colonel Levering, sitting in the Waldorf Astoria Hotel, you will have to remain nearly all night in Atlanta. That is a fine city, but I advise you not to put up at the Breathitt House, one of the principal hotels. It is an old wooden building in urgent need of repairs. There are breaches in the wall you could throw a cat through. The bedrooms have no locks on the doors, no furniture but a single chair in each, and a bedstead without bedding, just a mattress. Even these meager accommodations you cannot be sure you will have in Monopoly. You must take your chance of being stowed in with a lot of others. Sir, it is a most abominable hotel. The night that I passed in it was an uncomfortable night. I got in late and was shown my room on the ground floor by an apologetic night clerk with a tallow candle, which he considerately left with me. I was worn out by two days and a night of hard railway travel and had not entirely recovered from a gunshot wound in the head received in an altercation. Rather than look for better quarters, I lay down on the mattress without removing my clothing and fell asleep. Along toward morning I awoke. The moon had risen, and was shining in the uncurtained window, illuminating the room with a soft, bluish light, which seemed, somehow, a bit spooky, though I dare say it is no uncommon quality. All moonlight is that way, if you will observe it. Imagine my surprise and indignation when I saw the floor occupied by at least a dozen other lodgers. I sat up, earnestly damning the management of the unthinkable hotel, and was about to spring from the bed to go and make trouble with the night clerk, him of the apologetic manner and the tallow candle, when something in the situation affected me with a strange indisposition to move. I suppose I was what a story-writer might call frozen with terror for these men were obviously all dead. They lay on their backs, disposed orderly along three sides of the room, their feet to the walls. Against the other wall, furthest from the door, stood my bed and the chair. All the faces were covered, but under their white cloths the features of the two bodies that lay in the square patch of moonlight near the window showed in sharp profile as to nose and chin. I thought, this is a bad dream, and tried to cry out as one does in a nightmare, but could make no sound. At last, with a desperate effort, I threw my feet to the floor and passed between the two rows of clotted faces and the two bodies that lay nearest the door. I escaped from the infernal place and ran to the office. The night clerk was there behind the desk, sitting in the dim light of another tallow candle, just sitting and staring. He did not rise. My abrupt entrance produced no effect on him 
though I must have looked a veritable corpse myself. It occurred to me then that I had not before really observed the fellow. He was a little chap with a colorless face and the whitest, blankest eyes I ever saw. He had no more expression than the back of my hand. His clothing was dirty gray. "'Damn you!' I said. "'What do you mean?' Just the same, I was shaking like a leaf in the wind and did not recognize my own voice. The night clerk rose, bowed apologetically, and, well, he was no longer there, and at that moment I felt a hand laid on my shoulder from behind. Just fancy that, if you can. Unspeakably frightened, I turned and saw a portly, kind-faced gentleman who asked, What is the matter, my friend? I was not long in telling him, but before I made an end of it, he went pale himself. See here, he said, are you telling the truth? I had now got myself in hand, and terror had given place to indignation. If you dare to doubt it, I said, I'll hammer the life out of you. No, he replied, don't do that. Just sit down till I tell you. This is not a hotel. It used to be. Afterward, it was a hospital. Now it is unoccupied, awaiting a tenant. The room that you mentioned was the dead room. There are always plenty of dead. The fellow that you called the night clerk used to be that. But later he booked the patients as they were brought in. I don't understand his being here. He's been dead a few weeks. And who are you? I blurted out. Oh! I look after the premises. I happened to be passing just now, and seeing a light in here came to investigate. Let's have a look into that room, he added, lifting a sputtering candle from the desk. I'll see you at the devil first, I said, and I bolted out of the door into the street. Sir, that Brethet house in Atlanta is a beastly place. Don't you stop there. God forbid, your account of it certainly does not suggest comfort. By the way, Colonel, when did that occur? In September, 1864, shortly after the siege. The End of The Other Lodgers by Ambrose Bierce